0: This is exactly what I want to talk about on here is women that following their hearts, doing what they're doing. And listen, yes, is it nice that you didn't have financial pressure? Sure. But like to put yourself out there and create something from nothing. I mean, I've been there. This is no easy feat. And it's it's inspirational and it's great for other people to hear to know that, yeah, it's scary. And yeah, it's not always. And yeah, there's really hard moments. But if it really is what you want to do, It's worth it. Hey guys, welcome to the Power and Persistence Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Blois, business owner, mentor, self care advocate, manifestor, wife, and mama of two. This podcast is designed to make you feel seen and inspired. Join me for honest and raw conversations with successful women and purpose driven entrepreneurs. We'll explore how they imperfectly but persistently juggle career, family, and relationships all while honoring their authentic selves. Let's dive in. Hi, Heather. Hello, Jess. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. Today, you guys, we have Heather Gillum here, and she is a functional medicine dietitian. So... I know I personally have a million questions and I want this episode to be all about me and my ailments, but we won't do that. <laughs> um, So the conversation starter sometimes. Yes. It's a great, I mean, especially these days, I feel like there's so much attention to more functional medicine. Yeah, which is great. Yes, it's great. But then I feel like there's so much to learn um, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But Heather, I'm so happy you're here. I know that this isn't how you started your career, and I love to talk about people's journeys, kind of how it all got started, what happened throughout your journey to lead you to um, where you are and all the other fun stuff, marriage, motherhood, you know, it's all intertwined. So can you give us a little bit of background of the start of your career, how you started?
1: Yeah, so actually, when I was in high school, my best friend and I just, um, I guess our moms were making us take like a college class at like Pinchot College. Mm -hmm. And so we just took nutrition and I both ended up loving it and loving our teacher. And we both became dietitians, which is really rare and weird that we both did that. But that was kind of like the jumpstart to it. We went to Cal Poly, Sam, Los, Dispo together, together, which was great. That worked out perfect. Um, and then I went to UCLA to get my master's and I did my dietetic internship at the VA in West Los Angeles.
0: Wow.
1: Really like, you're an adult, um, figure this out, working 40 hours a week, kind of a thing. Um, How old were you? Um, when I did my internship, I was like between 22 to 24. So that's probably like right when my stomach issues started the most, I think, related to stress, I know we're going to get into that too.
0: Yeah. So you think as you were doing your internship as a dietitian, you started having all your ailments?
1: Ironically, yes.
0: Yeah. Ironically. Just the pressure
1: of it. Yeah. I didn't need to really, I wasn't aware that I should be even managing my stress. I was just kind of thrown into it. And my mentality was just push and get through it and just do your best. Don't worry about if you're not breathing during the day or You're not sleeping well. I wasn't even in the mindset
0: to realize. I don't really think the majority of people are. I mean, it's definitely not taught or talked about, especially maybe more so now. I think there's like a big push. More so now, yeah. But when I was starting out, I mean, I didn't even contemplate that working 40 hours a week and then working at home and just continuing like next step, next I didn't even think oh there has to be a different way or right and I feel like this like that was just what we did I don't know if I've ever stopped yeah now I just incorporate more in but like I mean I definitely have the grind culture embedded in me Mm -hmm. for sure yeah and then you don't think about all the ways that's impacting your body for sure energy so did realizing that you were starting to have those gut issues did that make you pause or you just continue to live with it
1: um just continue to soldier through just thinking it was normal or whatever started carrying little tummies in my loud coat pocket you know everywhere I went thinking that was great which it wasn't um started going to GI doctors getting on all the medications which that was another you know bad move that just made everything worse Um, I think what really caused my problems now that I've unraveled it all stress, diet Coke, crazy diet Coke habit, um, and then going to all the GI doctors and getting on all the medicines, um, when really I, I sound out, I have like just, um, digestive enzyme deficiency, you know, which is actually pretty common, but it's not really tested for unless you're you know, working with a functional medicine specialist. So
0: did you test yourself for that?
1: Yes, ended up testing myself for that through some testing that was offered when we took our advanced courses through the Institute for Functional Medicine. They offer the practitioners some tests and mine came out like outrageously so low. Um, And this is after I worked on my gut. So it was probably like down to nothing when I was actually going through all my problems. Wow.
0: Okay, so you started you're doing your internship at the VA and then when you were finished, where did you do the majority of your career?
1: So when I was done with that, um, I started working at Ventura County Medical Center um, and I was full time there and then um, that was in 94. then I had my son in 97 and after that I was blessed to not have to work 40 hours a week. Um, God bless the women that do it with children um. Because, I mean, I was so stressed out even working part-time. I can't imagine, uh, you know, doing that. So then after my son was a few months old, I started working part-time at Valley Presbyterian and Van Nuys, Um, mm-hmm. And that's where I had my daughter. So she was born in 2000.
0: So what type of patient are you working with?
1: Yeah, so I, in the beginning of my career, when I was at... Um, county i was doing a little bit of everything which was perfect for a brand new dietitian i would see the hospitalized patients and kind of work with the whole medical team and get the nutrition plan set up for the hospitalized patients whether they were being tube set or whatever the deal may be um and then i also worked in all the various clinics uh like the um the NICU grad clinics, the so little babies that would be NICU NICU babies, and they would come home with their mom, and you were the NICU grads. They'd come in and we would talk to them about, you know, making sure the baby was said the, the right way. Or, you know, I worked in the diabetic clinics. So I, I just got a lot of everything with this awesome for, for my age and stage that I was at. Um, okay. And then when I went over to Valley Press, I was doing more outpatient stuff, which is anybody that's not hospitalized. And I found I really liked that the most, most dietitians do. I mean, I feel like that's where you're getting the most impact
0: to a client. Because yeah. Because them longer term. I'm sorry. Is it because you see them longer term? Is it what they're in the hospital, it's just quick turnover? Exactly.
1: And you know, they're not, they're not in a place to want to learn anything about nutrition or eating. They're kind of just in crisis mode. Yeah. Um, so I don't feel like you're making a huge impact on their life or their health as much when they're hospitalized. Yeah. Um, so I really enjoy the counseling part of it. Um, and then so I had my daughter 2000, it took like a couple of years, like completely off. And then um I got the perfect job one day a week, which I was so blessed to have that, but the entire time I was raising my kids. I worked one day a week at Community Memorial Hospital at Ventura. Doing outpatient? Doing outpatient, just outpatient in the clinic. It was basically me and another dietitian. We like ran our little show. The administration kind of left us alone and we didn't make a ton of money to the hospital, but we were doing a good little service and we were fine. L- little by little, administration started closing in on us and realizing, you know, if we build insurance a certain way and... You know, yeah. we did all this stuff. Oh, we could see. I think you know, we're talking about this on one of your podcasts. All about like,
0: I mean, yeah. yeah,
1: that's yeah, that's an issue.
0: Yeah. We, it's it's and we do it so more people can access the service. But um, I mean, I don't besides people being able to go through their insurance and not have to do private pay. I don't think I have anything positive to say. I don't have anything positive to say at all, except for that was the
1: preemptive strike to get me to start my own private practice, which there you you right. there's right. wasn't like coming down on my head with administration right. at, you know, right. the hospital. Um, but yeah, when COVID struck, um, the administration really started dictating more of what my coworker and I were going to do mm-hmm. in our little mm-hmm. clinics that we had created. Um, mm-hmm. And just I felt like at that point in my career, I had so much more to offer um, with my experience, my wisdom, everything I learned. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to flex free. I'm just.
0: Yeah. yeah. I completely can relate to that. I worked in the schools for a decade and I think there's a lot of good that be can be done treating in the schools. And I think there's a lot of therapists that do amazing work. But my personality and the way I need to interact with families when I treat I felt limited. Yes, and I therefore felt like uninspired.
1: Exactly, my
0: career, and that's what created Fox, my clinic, because I, um, I had to go out and create a different way to really feel like I was able to make an impact. Yeah, that. so that's not for everybody, but I can understand feeling like you need to create your own entity in order to feel really impactful on the people that you're treating and not being like what you can and cannot do. Right. It was insurance because now we're still a little bit dictated to, but not not to the same degree.
1: Yeah. Yeah. At least you have a little bit more control over.
0: I do. um, We can at least decide like which insurance companies we will contract with. Mm hmm and where the line's drawn i mean it's that's a whole other conversation but it's a whole other conversation i mean i mean for me personally my business i don't
1: take insurance at all yeah um, on okay. and i think a lot of people are kind of going to more medical practitioners okay. that don't take insurance they're
0: kind of realizing things it's are changing huge movement actually there's a lot mm-hmm. of doctors letting go of insurance going constantly mm-hmm. um We talk about it all the time because insurance companies, they don't raise their reimbursement rates. I mean, it's been a decade since like Blue Cross has changed their rates. And with inflation, people want and need larger salaries. If doctors Mm -hmm. or different clinical offices aren't able to generate more and they need to pay more, that's an issue, right? I mean, insurance companies really need to catch up. But I, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of different things that offices are doing right now. Some have administration fees that they're just billing clients to get into the office and then they're billing insurance and then some are leaving it behind. I think it's going to be really interesting and sad, honestly, how this impacts general health care right. and who's able to access adequate care.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: we're like going stick with insurance for now, but... It's it, tough.
1: It's tough. And some of the things that go on in conventional healthcare are just so scary and upsetting and sad to me because I kind of, um, I see it deeper than a lot of patients see it. Maybe that haven't worked in a hospital and haven't been around a lot of sick people and things like that. But, you know, I went to, I took my dad to the doctor the other day and she was just a standard pulmonologist. and. It was a follow-up appointment. And she just started, you know, he's complaining, Oh, I'm short of breath. And I know I'm energy. she just started saying, You need this test, you need this test, and you need to see this specialist. Um, and you know, we had seen her before this was like our fifth appointment or whatever. And so she had all ordered literally like five things, half of which he had already had. And kind of towards the end of the appointment, um I asked her, well, how important is it that he's wearing his oxygen during the day? Cause I knew as his daughter, he wasn't. And she's like, oh, he needs to be wearing that 24 seven. I'm thinking, like, dude, that's
0: a problem. Yeah. Well, like, you didn't want to start with that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think with functional medicine, that's more what we look at. Um, there's not usually a whole lot of tests ordered. We're, we ask the person what they're doing, and then, and then we kind of go from there to get to kind of the root cause. Because, you know, know, if he's short of breath and stuff, he's not too
0: having his oxygen during the day that was prescribed. Then, yeah, yeah, he doesn't need another test. We know he needs his oxygen. So you're looking more at like the whole person. I think about my husband. He has um, severe sleep apnea. Yeah. And no doctor ever asked him, how's your sleep? Yeah, right. right. It wasn't, he could go to a doctor for whatever. He could have his general checkup. He never would come back and say, anyone's asked me about the quality of my sleep because I do what I do I said hey you do not sleep well like yeah. you are snoring non-stop you are coughing, and you stop breathing and you wake up and Big thank problem. god I do what I do so I'm like you need a sleep test I thought maybe he would have like borderline sleep apnea it came back severe he was like uh, 37 or 38 at the time and sleep apnea is so dangerous right as we very dangerous super bad for our heart and everything else yeah I think years from your life and, and he's a healthy man otherwise he's not dealing with like excess body weight or anything wow and he now is going down this whole other road that he needs but no doubt if I didn't know what was going to happen right I mean yeah it, in, in functional medicine they,
1: they teach us there's five roots that's like the tree of life and there's five roots that you have to have and one of them is your sleep So pretty much when you go to a functional medicine provider, every single time you're going to be asked about your sleep. I mean, I ask all my clients about their sleep. I don't care what they're here to see me for. Um, We talk about nutrition, sleep, exercise, stress, and your relationships with others. Those are the five roots in functional medicine. When Yeah, nutrition. Oh, nutrition. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And when we say relationship with others, I think that's an interesting one, because for me, I add in there like the relationship with selves. And I know you talk a lot about that on your your podcast and like self-care and things like that. I always talk to my clients about those spies.
0: Yeah, I think that's really interesting and really great. I, you know, it's so interesting because I don't blame Western medicine, because as someone who's working with clients and dealing with the bureaucracy of insurance companies, I know they're limited. I know they're only allowed to do so much and spend so much time with each client in order to, yeah. in practice. But Absolutely. it's also like really risky business to not provide adequate care with your license attached. I don't know. It's pretty wild and it's pretty sad, and I'm sad that medical professionals are even in this position. Yeah. And I People are going to start really getting more and more compromised care if they can't afford a private pay service.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. And also, people that aren't maybe like me and you and haven't been around it, they just take that and it's okay, this is the expert. They told me I need this test. They think, okay, everything's cool. Meanwhile, they're not doing their oxygen at home. And that's just one example, but people aren't understanding that it's compromised care. They think it's great because they're going <laughs> to a specialist. My
0: doctor said, yeah. Um, yeah, and and
1: I also like you said, the specialists they're working in a medical model, um, where they're thinking about prescriptions, tests, time limits. Um, so it's not that they're a bad person or a bad doctor or not smart or don't care. I don't really think that that's the case. It's just they've gotten so used to this type of medical model that it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, it doesn't work. You know, I am. Um... So I've been down this journey of why do I feel this way? So about a year ago, or maybe a little bit more, I mean, yeah, stress is an issue. I've always had excess stress, but I just felt so inflamed. I knew my body didn't feel the way I used to feel. My brain fog was out of control. bloat, and just feeling so uncomfortable. So I ended up going to this local doctor who's kind of like a, a marrying of Western and Eastern, more holistic. Right. And I did, mm-hmm. I spent much money on testing. I can't even tell you, right? Cause I'm just like, yes, like, let's figure this out together. And then right. I did three and a half months of this insane elimination diet. I was not right. eating based on like, was it food sensitivity testing? Food sensitivity testing, but all she couldn't bill insurance. She could bill insurance if I did 19 foods, but she couldn't if I did 190. Okay. so. I do all this testing. and like, at this point, I just need to feel better. Mm-hmm. Do it. Um, it comes back. I do this elimination diet. I come back and she goes, you didn't lose a pound. I'm like, I know. But like, that was it. I'm like, do I start adding food back in? What do wow. I do? And then she goes, well, because I've been on an SSRI since I was 13. And she goes, well, we should wean you off. And I was like, okay. I mean, I've been on it for 30 years, but yeah, let's talk about that because I would love that if I can do it. And then she's like, and I'm going to put you on testosterone because that's going to help counteract weaning you off of these SSRIs. Wow. So we do this. I'm doing it for like three weeks. I don't really steal any different. I have called that office three times and emailed and I have not heard back. She is in the middle of weaning me off an SSRI and I cannot get a hold of this doctor unless Uh I walked in and like knocked on her door. So I'm taking that as a sign from the universe that, like, this is not my picture. I will. Yeah, never,
1: i work yeah, working together
0: well with that. Yeah, but I'm just thinking, like, what's happening on her end that they, I don't know, that's so crazy to me to be so intense in someone's, I don't know, plan of care. And then not be like, hey, I haven't heard from this person. Let me follow up. I, yeah, like- I was just thinking there's a lot of loose strains. It sounds like nah. We're and floating around with you. Um,
1: one thing that jumps out at your story is when people get the food sensitivity testing, whether it be like blood tests or skin prick tests, those are notoriously inaccurate. You know, it shows, oh, my gosh, I, I can't stand blueberries. Plus
0: four. four on oh, blueberries. It was like pineapple, ginger. Yeah. It was like every spoon. That I was currently eating, yeah, I didn't have dairy out. I feel a lot better without dairy and eggs, but everything else I've kind of added back in, and it's been okay. Okay, by myself.
1: Yeah. Um, uh-uh. What really shows when people really light up those tests on the food sensitivity is they just have a leaky gut. Yeah. So, you know, um, so the the whole proteins of the foods are getting through those tight junctions, and they're they're coming in contact with the immune system where they shouldn't be and so it's not the food's fault and it's not the immune system's fault it's their gut is unhealthy Uh so in functional medicine that's that's like the foundation we heal the gut first and then we don't have like the cancer the autoimmune
0: the inflammation the brain issues you know everything yeah it's so interesting so when you i want to go back to those five root causes that you talk about with your clients um so you go through that all. I'm guessing stress is actually h- huge. And I don't have you come across someone that said they're not stressed. No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll they'll either tell me
1: maybe I'm a little bit. Mis- mm-hmm. mis- it was funny with one of my last clients. She even asked for her husband, she he was like, "Because mm-hmm. I usually see my clients in their home." So no, uh,
0: she's asking me I'm
1: stressed. I don't think I'm, I'm stressed. Strength. I just thought it was funny that she's getting his opinion. <laughs> but um, most of my clients are. Pretty stressed. I would imagine. And especially by the time they see me, because um I think for most people, if their problem is not that severe, they're just gonna go through a dietitian that's through their insurance and say, like, I'm sure I'm just gonna get, you know, what I'm gonna get regardless. So let's just go through the dietitian that's on my insurance. Once they come to me, they've hit a few people that haven't worked and they're you know, things
0: are more serious, put that way. Right. You are being sought out. Yeah. So they know they need help. Okay. Yeah. How much do you find that relationships with others? I mean, I think that's so interesting because I... You know, see like, people don't think of it, really. They think, yeah, I'm, I'm stressed. Strong. But I don't think of a
1: major root as being relationships with others. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: it, it's an important thing. How we're interacting. Um you have to like provide like a sort of like therapy for that well
1: I take my cue from the client I will kind of approach each of those five obviously we're going deep into nutrition you know um but I'll kind of approach each one of those and be my vibe with the client if they're like oh my god I need so much help there if they're like no I haven't really thought it about that I think I'm okay like with so if, if they say oh i'm okay with sleep i say well how many hours are you sleeping like how can you wake you up just to get an idea if what they think is okay
0: is what i think is okay and we're sure and that, i have to ask um that's one of my main questions for clients too with how do you sleep or how does your child sleep and they're like oh they're fine or i'm fine i'm like okay well do they toss and turn <laughs> yeah do they wake up in opposition yeah but like they're sleeping yeah. Um, are they tired when they wake up? Oh, I, I guess so. And it's like, mm-hmm. we don't, people aren't even educated. And we don't know. I didn't know as a mom right. what I should be looking for in my child's sleep before I went down this road. We yeah. don't know what we don't know. Right. They need, I've worked with parents on feeding for their kiddos. And they don't realize they're chewing once and swallowing full. They're like, oh yeah, no, they eat chewy foods, no problem. I'm like, okay, let's do it. And it's like, chew, swallow, and not get broken down at all. You know? Not because they're not a good parent. Like, we, I'm sure there's so much I don't know to look for for my child that's not within my yeah. you know, um, area of expertise. Yeah, That kind of stuff's just not, not taught. Right. You know, at the pediatrician's office. Um, it's just very, very different. So, okay, so tell, let's go back a little bit for you. So you have a son and a daughter. Yes. My son's 25. Okay. My daughter's 22. And they're in school right
1: now? Yeah, my son graduated and he just started his own business, which was really great because he started his own business the same week that I started my business. So we're the little... During COVID? Yeah, we st- we both started our business April 2021. Okay. Yeah. So I'm kind of new in my my private practice, um, but it's way more than I ever thought it would be like things I'm doing with it. I would have never even tried to think that I could handle when I first started. And just like not saying no to things and just stopping like, why would I think I wouldn't be good enough to do something like if we really think about that, you know, it's like, yeah, what do I need? to be thinking I'm good enough like why don't I just start
0: knowing that you know
1: and just do it and that's obviously been working out
0: don't you think this is like the hallmark of how I want to say women maybe men too but more so women we get in our way and I'm currently expanding into another area right now and I'm totally dealing with imposter syndrome and I'm working through that with my coach and um I remember when I started my private practice I thought if I could just have a full caseload, like I don't think I'll ever be able to do it, but if I could have like 25 to 30 clients, what the clinic ruined into I never even imagined. And if someone would have told me, I would have been like, I don't know, I can't do that. So what did you envision right off the bat for yourself?
1: Um, So when I was getting really frustrated, when COVID started at the hospital, I said, screw it. I just, I'm going to quit my job. I just want to get good nutrition information out there so if you if you see on my website i have these free nutrition guides on my um, whole page and i started just with that i wasn't honestly even trying to see clients or do anything um and i was just happy having my guides online and having people be able to go
0: to that and let me ask you a question i'm gonna like walk through these steps with you because i love i want to talk about the whole progress and yeah what you did and also how you were thinking and feeling so your first step, you contacted someone to make you a website. Did you make your yes. website? Yes. Okay. I'm very technology okay. deficient. Like came here. Low level negative
1: one. Just you know. flow yeah. well, um, I I think the universe just somebody just really helped you with that. And by the way, I feel like I am getting like the right people or just somebody like you, like, flow, you know, why am I on a podcast? You're doing like,
0: what you're meant to be doing. You're yeah. you need follow. What we intuitively feel is meant for us, even if it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I just think we end up where we're supposed to be and the people that are supposed to be in our lives end up in our lives. It doesn't mean it's not scary as shit. Right. It is. It's nerve-wracking. I think it's scarier to stay in something where you know there is something else for you. Yeah, I
1: think so too. And And that also goes along with like my stomach aches and stuff. Like I was getting so stressed during COVID at the hospital because I knew how I wanted to approach my client, educate my client, and it took time and energy. And then all the crap they were making me do also took my time and energy and it it was conflicting. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then my stomach was just getting worse. And I'm thinking, why am I like, 53 years old, and I can't even handle this job. It's because, right. like you said, that's not what I need to do with my wisdom at this time. Right. It wasn't fitting.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. I, I totally get that. And I think money is really important. Like, True. I money to me equals greed. Okay? Yeah. That's what it represents to me. But if I'm making money in a way that is unfulfilling, yeah. then money doesn't make enough to fill me right um if i'm i i do want to make money to provide for my family my children have freedom to expose them to great experiences but i I have to be doing something that that speaks to me and fills me up right you you, for you the same thing we can't just go do the job and go home if we don't feel like we're truly doing what we're meant to do right so then you're in this like internal battle yeah. And I will say for me,
1: I was also really blessed because being older and you know, I've been married with my husband for thirty-one years. So we're we're like very established. So I was able to like not have a lot of financial pressure going into my the beautiful thing when you're
0: starting something.
1: Yeah. That, he he really supported me. He's like whatever you want to do. And it wasn't expensive for me to get into my business, but it also wasn't like lucrative. You right. know. Right. Um,
0: so how did you start getting the word out that you were available to treat? How did, how did I do that? Mm-hmm. That's it's kind hilarious. of
1: been, um, that's actually really interesting because I definitely didn't do it the traditional way that people do it these mm-hmm. days, like social media and things like that. Because I'm completely clueless about social media, things like that. So what I did was I just um, have a network of professionals that I talk to and know me and respect me and they started referring clients to me. Um, and that, I feel like is like kind of a lost art. Like, you know, people want to drench social media and kind of get, I don't even know, followers or whatever is supposed to be, mm-hmm. or influencers, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to be able to go to like your Chinese medicine doctor and say like, hey, I have all this bloating, like, what's going on? Why is my tongue swelling up? And to be like, oh, I know this functional medicine dietitian. It's, Somebody that you're trusting tells you somebody that they trust that you can go to. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, And I feel great about it. But also business is kind of slow, but I don't need it to be. I don't need to have a ton of clients. And I don't know, honestly, if I did social
0: media and stuff, would I have a ton of clients or not? I, I don't really know. I... Interesting. I don't know. I think it depends on the profession. I don't really know. I'm not really savvy on social media either. But I would say for our business, it was really through the relationships we built in the community and the treatment uh-huh. of clients to where families and doctors really started to trust us and we nurtured those relationships. To me, that's the real deal. You can't say that. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that, did you know these doctors? before leaving your position or did you go out there and really start introducing yourself I did both um
1: yeah I'm trying to kind of spread the word amongst medical professionals like yourself, you know about me um and then some of them have known me for a long time um and it's so funny because after I got all this advanced training in, in gut health I mean like really dove into it I just would go to like these GI clinics, these local clinics, I would just show up and talk to their assistant and say like, look, I've been a dietitian this long. I have this training. I'm doing these gut health classes. They're cheap. They're like 40 bucks. Tell your clients about this. You know, clients are coming in, you know, they're throwing up, whatever. They're getting all these endoscopies. But there's something more that they can learn from my training that the doctor doesn't have time to to tell them about and I thought oh my god this is gonna be like cool they're gonna they love me they're like you, you know some of uh, some of the assistants actually were like wow this is really great or not they this
0: probably not. came to you yeah we ended up with the assistants but not the patient right
1: right so um some of them were really into it some of them literally just they did not look up from their keyboard they were like while well, I was talking at I felt like the biggest idiot in the office, um, and I have hardly got any referrals from them.
0: Well, yeah. If they're going to you, they don't need all the all the tests run, and right? Yeah, and you
1: know, I don't. What's going on with all these patients that are going to
0: the GI doctor? What's going to be the end result for them? You need to figure out where do those patients go before the GI doctor that mm-hmm. should advertise too. when they're deciding am I going to do all these tests or can I work with this functional medicine doctor and maybe I won't have to go through all those tests I yeah. think that would be because the GI doctor that's that's what they do like if if you're yeah. gonna they're not gonna get to but it's it's that pre that stuff yeah that makes sense that you to have. find patients there so you help them Yeah. Um, What were you referring to when you said that what you thought your private practice was going to be? Oh, yeah. um, Expanded into something else that you never even imagined. Well,
1: like being able to come on this podcast, like someone would even care about me talking about my career. I never thought that would happen or I would have the guts to be able to talk to someone like you about this.
0: No, it's I mean, this is exactly what I want to talk about on here is women that are following their heart, doing what they're doing. And listen, what, yes, is it nice that you didn't have financial pressure? Sure. But like to put yourself out there and create something from nothing. I mean, I've been there. This is no easy feat. It isn't. And it's, it's inspirational and it's great for other people to hear, to know that, yeah, it's scary and yeah, it's not always fun. And yeah, there's really hard moments, but if it really is what you want to do, it's worth it. It's worth it.
1: And um, I'm having so much fun with like slides because we just do whatever the hell we want. And, you know, go in their home. The last lady's home, I was with her for like two hours and 10 minutes. She had her table full of like all her supplements and her prescriptions. And she was showing me all her bone bronze and this and that. Um, And she was so grateful and thankful. And then she... Wrote my check, and you know everything was cool like I really did I did something for her that's gonna impact her health, and she knows that she can reach me and and follow up if she has questions um and and just doing stuff like that has been so amazing i um I have this new gut health class that I'm excited about. I'm just going to different locations and and teaching that um I'm doing things in the communities
0: like with young athletes oh a that's couple. cool i yeah. have a couple of those in my home but oh, they're good. really young. they're really really young but that's that's really cool um yeah. that's that's a i could i'm not gonna bore everybody with that but i mean my kids love to eat a bunch of shit
1: yeah and there's so they, much shit in the world these days they think, think they everything normal to be eating like that and it's terrible
0: the body is like hello this is not normal Totally. But like, I I think kids that are a little bit more um, easygoing about food, parents be like, well, put the vegetable on the plate and make them eat it. Mm -hmm. My son, we've been through hell and back with some feeding stuff with him. Um, That is not a thing. If your child is really struggling with food, you Mm -hmm. can't be like, no, you're going to eat your broccoli. Yeah. Right. So Yes. I mean, that's a whole other conversation about getting certain things into their diet because he is super athletic and busy and you can just, I'll I'll bore, I'll I'll pick your brain about this another time. I kind of see impacts them on a daily basis. You can see how it impacts them when they're in the middle of doing their activities. Um, It's really, really, that's really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, it's interesting with the young athletes because they kind of have their own motivations that are like totally different from maybe what the parents' motivations would be. Mm -hmm. So when this young mother first contacted me, her daughter's 13 and she's in a volleyball club and that's who she wanted me to speak to. And she said, I want um, you to talk about nutrition for injury prevention, healthy menstrual cycle. And there was one other thing that she said. And I said, yeah, that's great. I'll come. It's going to be awesome. Um, I said, I think the best way, though, is ask each one of the girls what their question is. Just one question that each one of them had, because that way we can spin it towards, because I know what they're going to want to know is, how can I not have pimples? How can I make my hair however they want their hair? You know, I feel like these are my questions. (laughs) That's true, too. Not that we don't care about that. But, you know, young kids, they're not thinking like, how can I not have heart disease? How can I... You know, my blood sugar, you know, how can I eat more vegetables? They, it has to be where they're motivated. So um, I got some really interesting questions from the girls. So that's usually how I start with
0: kids is going in at their angle, whatever their interest is. That's awesome. That's really great. Yeah. And then you were talking about the client that you went to her house. So do you sometimes just have to do one session? Yeah, so I do individual. Oh, I see. With no follow-ups, you mean? right is it like to work with you people are on this long plan or sometimes you do one session and then decide after that if you need a follow-up session
1: yeah so pretty much will definitely I would like to do like at least three sessions even for a patient that really has everything going great just because they're going to have some questions and also they're not going to absorb everything that I talk about the first time because I do get it I do give a lot of information the first time where they might be like a little bit confused. So I like to at least see them three times. Um, The next two times, it doesn't have to be in their home. Sometimes we have to do that on the phone or whatever, or I've just met them like at restaurants and we can do whatever we want. Um, And I don't ever have to go to their home if that's not their preference. Mm -hmm. I just find it seems to be um, most effective and comfortable for both of us. But I don't have like a long drawn out plan that i do for clients and i also don't have any um oh what's the word when you know you put in like the characteristics and a plan like spits out and you say this is the patient's plan i I, I don't know like i just it's more of like an agreement with the client and i i want to know like what their priorities are what they're willing to change what you know it's all a negotiation Mm -hmm. time where they are
0: you yeah. mentioned bone broth. Is it really as great as TikTok says it is? It's really as great. The thing
1: is, and this is true with all supplements, one of the main things that's the most important is where are you getting the supplement? What is your source? What's your brand? Um, so specifically for the bone broth, I like Paleo Valley. She does a really great like grass-fed, grass finished powder. Um, and it doesn't taste really bad, which some bone broths taste really bad. Um, and so like when I do hers, I'll just do a soup and water, mix it and just chug it down and then make sure you have something to follow it with. Cause to me, it, it doesn't taste great, but it's not as affordable as a lot of bone broths can be. Um, and, and I like the ones that aren't in the capsules because I feel like then it's coating more of the GI tract.
0: I didn't even realize you could take it in the capsule.
1: Yeah, some people do um, because bone broth. You know what it is is the collagen, and that's going to be the protein that the body uses to kind of um, tighten back up those junctions and repair the gut lining. So in the case, in that case, that's what's going on.
0: What would you say when you're? What would you say is like the most common running theme in people that you treat as a trigger for poor gut health? or is uh-huh. there no- oh, okay so what's causing it yeah
1: um so one of the main causes is probably- you just know the answer because i don't know if i want to change something i know see that's the thing people don't want to hear this it's processed food it's like Which- okay that's fine <laughs> right. i thought you
0: were gonna say tequila
1: like a- well that too alcohol too yeah i know i gotta say that too that's the other thing people really don't like me to say in fact i think alcohol is the main oh i mean to <laughs> say don't yeah. say coffee don't say alcohol yeah so, yeah but i have to say all that stuff um I just wish people could really wrap their head around the idea that what, what we think is a normal way of eating in, in our city here in these day and age is not normal for the body. It's not what the body is expecting and not how Mother Nature created our body. Um, and the body really cannot function with the way that we're eating. You know, the type of protein, fat, carbs that we're feeding the body. Things have to come from nature
0: in nature's form. As so, what does that mean in um, for like protein? Yeah, so protein on um, all organic eggs,
1: turkey, fish, chicken, red meat, pork. Um, usually not so much dairy, but if you wanted to do like an organic soy milk, where like the first ingredient is like actual soybean and not like a protein isolate, right? Um, do an organic like flax milk.
0: Something like that, so that about would- like an oat milk or an almond milk or a coconut milk
1: um you could do those. there's nothing wrong with those, but
0: they're not going to be protein sources as, as they are as- oh got it, okay, you're talking about a protein source yeah yeah it's it's um it's hard because when I did that elimination diet, I really stuck to it because I really wanted to figure out what the hell was going on, right. It's really hard to participate. In socializing. Yeah. It, if you're in your kitchen and you have complete control, but to mm-hmm. eat in this house or with a goat and restaurant. Nothing's going to be organic, first of all. No. And then it's challenging, like, the way people just naturally, a lot of people just naturally cook. Even if the majority of it, they're like, oh, I know you can't eat X, so I made this. I'm like, yeah, but you cooked it in this, this, and this. And I, right. You know, it's, I think, it's so... Multifaceted on really trying to have good nutrition because it really takes you out of being an easy participant when you're with others. It's totally true. And I
1: i know I'm not an easy participant. (laughs) Eating of people's houses, I'm I'm like, (laughs) oh boy, (laughs) what can I eat that's
0: here? You know, what do you do? Do you ever just like eat things because you feel bad? Do you ever go to someone's house and just be like, I'm not? they eat? Totally. I'll I'll find something to eat, but okay. I'm not going to put anything in my
1: body that I don't want to. Not to saying that, yeah, I'll never eat chocolate or like I do yeah. eat that stuff. But if I'm not wanting to, I'm not going to do it just because everyone else is doing it. Does your husband follow the same approach? He yeah. doesn't follow my same thing because I'm to the extreme i realize i'm not expecting people to be like me.
0: your shoulders and your arms and for those of you listening not watching you gotta check go to her website take a look thank you I uh,
1: need a lean but, tone thank you i appreciate that i will i will hand it to my husband he pretty much tries you know yeah. he's not against a lot of my stuff but he knows i'm a little like and so we compromise.
0: What about your kids? What was it like raising them? Because I have to imagine to have all this knowledge, and then you also don't want to give your children um, body issues or right. food issues. Right? How did you? How did you marry that line?
1: Um, I definitely had some issues with that for sure. Um, for instance, like the day my son got his driver's license, all he did was just constantly going in and out, drive through, in and out, just you know, drive through this and that. Free. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I had to think, oh my God, son, you know, what are you doing? He goes, and he made the excuse, well, mom, I don't have any money. So it's the only thing I can buy. And so and this is going to sound so dumb, but this is like how papers sadly used to be, which I'm trying to work on. Um, I said, if you send me a picture of something healthy, I would pay for it. And it's really, <laughs> it'd be our compromise because his excuse was no money. I don't know if it really worked. I mean, maybe sometimes. I mean, I could I, think- see, I could see the, the intrigue in that yeah my daughter she's a little bit more just inherently a healthy eater you know a little bit more like me like adventurous she's not going to say no to like seaweed chips, chips or i'm don't know like no i'm just going to okay. eat like stew and rice it's just i think they were just kind of like born different uh-huh yeah in that regard so she didn't go crazy when she got her license but
0: um did either of them go into yeah.
1: the some fields Um, So my son is an insurance agent, just like my husband. So they're kind of both in finance. Okay. Um, And then my daughter, she's studying psychology and, you know, kind of health type stuff. She likes kids and fitness and that type of stuff.
0: Very cool. Well, you guys eventually could cross over with each other. Yeah. Well, I... um. I am so happy that we got to meet and talk. As you've um, gone through this career and you've started your new practice, what would you tell someone who wanted to give it a shot as well and go after their dreams? What would be some of the advice you would give?
1: Um, you definitely have to work hard and you can't um, talk yourself out of you know, not putting in the time and the effort. That's very important. Um, and then believing in yourself, if you're not going to believe in yourself, it's it's really not going to work. Be willing to um, be very creative. Don't do just the way someone else is telling you how to do it because you're you and you're going to do it your way. That's what's going to make it so awesome. Um, trust the open doors that are just opening a pinch for you. I mean, if you put your foot in, that slams fine, you know, but you can try another door, but just keep going for it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Because, like my example, like when I went to the GI doctors, some of them were like piping away, not even looking at me. And some of them thought I was like the greatest thing since sliced spread. And I'm giving them the same exact information. And so you're going to come across it eventually. You're going to come across someone that just thinks, oh, this is great. Let me go for it. Yeah, you know, you have about a good product. about them, right? Yeah. If you know you have a good product and it's coming from the heart. You know, just believe in it and you don't know where you'll go with it.
0: I I think that's really, really, really good Thank advice. Thank you. I agree with all of that completely. Thank you. Well, it's been so great to talk to you. What you're Thank doing you. is really important for people. So,
1: Thank you. And I just one more thing I wanted to say because you were asking a few things about gut so, Um On my website, I have those free nutrition guides. If you download them, you're not going to hear from me. I'm not going to email you nothing, but it does give you a good basic outline of good sound nutrition advice. And there is specifically one on gut health and has all the good stuff in the green,
0: all the bad stuff that you don't want to do in the red. Try to break it down a little bit for people. I'm going to check that out for sure. Okay, cool. Great. And I think that's a beautiful thing that you're putting that free resource out there for for everybody here. Thank you. Thank you. It was really nice to talk. Great to talk to you, Jess. I had such sure. a fun time. Me too. I'm, sh- I'm sure we'll connect in the future. Yeah, I would love it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Have a good one. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye, Jess. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, please rate, review, and follow along on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find out more about me at www.jesseboyce.com and follow along at Facebook at jesseboyce or on Instagram at at jesseboyce. See you again next week with another great episode.